podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Cat, yeah. think of him like the dog you want to have take a pill. What is the peanut butter? You take that homework and you wrap it in the peanut butter. And then what does the dog do? He drags his ass across the carpet. Yeah, he gets he'll eat the back at you. He'll eat the pill. He gets back at but you. Yeah, you're cleaning the carpet. Okay, hey, welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. My name's Will, and joining me, as always, are my friends and co-hosts, Ray and Kat. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. Hey, on today, happy Thanksgiving, by the way. You know, I mean, we said yeah. it last week, it's post-Thanksgiving. I don't know that I showed enough gratitude to you. Mm. And I'll be honest, mm. I plan on texting and emailing you guys. I never did it. You know, they say the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> I'm going to hell, because I, I, I imagined writing these, you know, heartfelt things to you guys. And I didn't do it. If that's yeah. what you're going to hell for, yeah. that's a boring life. <laughs> right. You better get on it. Right, you know me well enough to know that's probably <laughs> exactly the reason I'd go to hell. Will, you did text us. I did. After uh-huh. a text about something to do oh, with the show. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's funny. Does he know it's Thanksgiving? Yeah, I did it, yeah. <laughs> and then you realized, yes. Even though it was in the midst of peeling potatoes or something, yeah. Oh, it was really bad. Mm. I just had some, some leftover turkey again today. You did, mm. yeah. Good yeah. stuff. I don't know if it's safe still, but oh. <laughs> Friday. Yeah, it's fine. like four days. Yeah, it's probably it gets a little drier. Maybe if you got some gravy. Uh, I got a I got a three day rule on all foods. Oh yeah. I don't care what the actual oh. expiration date okay. is. Like once it's made, it's got three yeah. days or it's trash. Oh, only three. Yeah. Oh man. Enough of that. Um. Hey, on today's show, we're going to be giving our spoiler free, right? So we'll be talking Mm -hmm. about Ghostbusters Afterlife, but spoiler free at first. You don't have to be scared. You're going to hear anything you don't want to hear if you haven't seen it yet. And then we'll warn you before we do our spoiler filled uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife review. And we're going to warn you with this sound. So you'll know (laughs) it's coming. You know, there's no, won't be any surprises there. Okay. Hey, a couple of, announce, of announcements. So uh, we'll be speaking uh, on this Saturday, December 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern with D. Wallace. We all know who D. Wallace is, right? If you're an 80s kid. <laughs> if you're a fan of horror, you know who D. Wallace is. If you're a fan of kid-friendly films from the 1980s, you know what, who D. Wallace is. She's made over 250 TV and film appearances. She's also made some shift in her life where she's doing some coaching about, I, I, I don't want to say it the wrong way, but it's about, um, you know, uh, it's like, uh, what do they call it? that section of books that became pop- popular in the 1980s? Self something, self-improvement. Self-help. Self-help. Yeah, self-help. Yeah, yeah, self-improvement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she does stuff along those lines now. And she just wrote a book, uh, a book called Born that's coming out this upcoming weekend. And she's going to join us on Facebook Live to talk about that, to talk about her career and take questions from the live audience. So if you join us uh, on Facebook Live and you can go to our, our Facebook page to find out how to do that. It's going to be over on our content partner, the 80s ruled page, but um There'll be links on our page and their page, et cetera, to find it. But uh, December 4th, 8 p.m. Eastern. All right, okay. Now, last remember last episode, I said, maybe we tried to do a time travel thing. Well, we didn't mean to. <laughs> Got a message while we're recording live, we would read it. So uh, I posted mm-hmm. today when we were right. going to be recording. So let's see. 
All right. All right. I, get, I did get one message here. Okay. You got That's a message? Yeah, we got a message. All right. Okay. This is our message from a uh, supporter and listener, uh, Kyle. Kyle writes, Dear 1980s Now, thank you for your, uh, thank you for continuing to provide us with new lenses to look at old materials. Hopefully my uh, air quotes came across on the audio. <laughs> I loved learning about the Filthy 15. And of course, listening to Ernie Hudson was a delight. Hashtag fan for life. Awesome. Thanks, cool. Kyle. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if you want to send us a message, you can do so by emailing me just directly. Will at 1980snow.com or go to our website, 1980snow.com or go to our Facebook page, 1980snow.com. All those things. And thanks to our, our uh, supporter and listener, Bart, we are now on Facebook Live recording this and we hope to do as many uh, episodes as we can recording live on Facebook. There'll be a few mm-hmm. reasons why we can't. Maybe one of us hasn't shaved or showered, probably me. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. Because I'm the one that would probably care the most about that too, right? Yeah. yeah so. It ain't smell vision yet. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking it might be like in a Charlie Brown cartoon, you'll see those lines coming off. I see the- pig pen. Yeah, like pig pen. <laughs> I don't know. All right, hey, let's get caught up on 1980s news. Yeah, sure, let's do that. Hey, mm-hmm. this week on uh, 1980s News, per comic book resources, the Book of Boba Fett promo sees a legend return. So we knew this was coming. Uh, the There's a spinoff series from The Mandalorian called The Book of Boba Fett, and it's about to air this December. Uh, but there's a new promo that was on Twitter. Just, just gave us another look at the upcoming series. Spoilers for Boba Fett, this show, and the season two of The Mandalorian. So if you don't care, <laughs> I guess this could be for any spoilers now. Maybe Star Wars now, too. I don't know. Uh, but the teaser on Twitter had highlights of uh, showing Boba's new role as a, it seems to be a crime boss of uh, the galaxy, at least Tatooine, but probably some larger syndicate. At the end of season two of The Mandalorian, did you watch The Mandalorian, Kat? Mm-hmm. You Loved did? it. Yep. That's one thing I did watch. Okay, cool. <laughs> With everybody else. So the, I think it's a post-credits moment at the end of season two. We see Boba Fett arrive at Jabba's palace. And Jabba's not there anymore, of course, because in this time, mm-hmm. at this point, he's been killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Princess Leia's just ruthlessly murdered him. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see uh, Bib Fortuna, who is like his, you know, uh, I know there's some fancy other language that has a word for what he is. Uh, he's a right-hand man. Right-hand man, that's is. what I was trying to think of. <laughs> All right, right-hand men. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> he seems like he took control. So Boba Fett just strips him of power immediately and assumes the role. Uh, executive producer John Favreau said, quote, there's a power vacuum because Jabba is gone, end quote. And so it seems like the show is going to be about Boba Fett filling this uh, void uh, along with uh, Fennec Shan, who was played by Ming Na Wen. Uh, it was also in The Mandalorian for, I think, both seasons. Love her. Anyway, it seems like this series, maybe maybe the first time it, we're following a anti-hero in the Star Wars mm-hmm. canon uh, it's hard to say where Boba Fett is. Of course, as we were a kid, he was a bad guy because, you know, he tried to capture Han Solo. We captured Han Solo. We weren't sure he was going to kill Han Solo. And now in, in Mandalorian, he's redeemed himself. Seems like it. Yeah. Not quite sure. I guess we have to yeah. get a little more information here. Hopefully this is like a Godfather thing where mm. he's the bad guy, but we're just along for the ride kind of oh. thing. That'd be kind of cool. Do hmm. so you think like a Sopranos kind of thing? Yeah, like a Sopranos, you know, Godfather, Sopranos, oh. they're all the same kind of thing. Good yeah. fellas. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's not going to be anti-hero then. He's going to be, you know, ruthless, right? I mean, right. like Tony Soprano or Don right. Corleone. A villain. <laughs> Throwing yeah. heads down the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow. I haven't even thought of the implications of that, Ray. That he is now camped out right next to the thing that tried to eat him. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. we don't even know how he got out of it. He's got some issues to work through, I'm sure, about that. Yeah, well, his first like edict be blow that thing up. And like they just- Right, right. Hmm. It's filled in with concrete. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows who else with the concrete? It's, got a, it's just, it's just got a, a picnic table in the center of it now. <laughs> I was going to say giant disco ball hanging over it. Yeah, a uh, picnic table, that just one, yeah. A bunch Instead of RVs. Of the sail barge. Yeah. Sail barge. <laughs> it's just patio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, the sail barges are kind of like the RVs of tattooing, I think. Yes. Yeah, so you take yeah. the sails off though. So, you know, just put them on blocks. Not going anywhere. <laughs> okay. Hey, another 1980s news. This from theroot.com. Peacock releases the first teaser for the, the new adaptation of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Now, of course- the original Fresh Prince show didn't air in the 1980s. It actually originally ran uh, on NBC from 1990 through 1996, but it did star Will Smith, and it's based on the character that he created in his songs and in his music videos. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk about this in particular because we talked about this, I, th- I think maybe we touched upon this when we first heard about this, but maybe not. But this is going to be a dramatic retelling of this story. So the first show was a 30-minute comedy. This is mm-hmm. going to be a 60-minute drama, maybe dramedy. Um, mm-hmm. And the teaser doesn't show much, except it has a very dramatic reading from Will Smith of the yes. lyrics <laughs> of the Fresh Prince theme. It just seemed a little too, uh, I don't know, self-important. <laughs> they should have had somebody else read it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Like mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd have bought it a little bit more if it was a little more serious <laughs> of a, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You might as well have had uh, Bobcat Goldthwait read this thing the way it sounded. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> not about that. I think that would have worked against what they were going for, but maybe, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this sounds uh, delightful and fun to watch. Uh, a poor kid lives in Beverly Hills in a mansion, huh. and we get to watch him struggle Yeah, as he rides ATVs, I'm assuming, and Huh. Goes to fancy dinners. I see. I see what you're saying. That because he has money, he should have no problems. But you've got to think what we learned in the 90s. More money, more problems. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whoever came point. up with that wasn't uh, mm. really qualified to come up with that, let me tell you. Whoever came up with that was probably <laughs> murdered. <laughs> per the official description of the, the show, it says, uh, quote, set in modern day America, Bel Air is a, I guess it's just going to be called Bel Air, not the Fresh Prince anymore. Bel Air oh, okay. is a serialized one hour dramatic analog of the 90s sitcom. That leans into the original premise, Will's complicated journey from the streets of West Philadelphia to the gated mansions of Bel Air. Uh, it's going to dive deeper into the inherent conflicts, emotions, and biases that were impossible to fully explore in a 30-minute sitcom. Huh. Okay. Well, I mean, it's just, why be Bel Air, I guess? I don't know. I mean, except right, that you right. could borrow the Will Smith brand and leverage that to get people to watch it. Yeah, it sounds like a, yeah. I just, I, I, don't, I don't get the concept of doing a drama based yeah. off that. Um, maybe Kathy on, on our Facebook live here says you've never seen the fan fiction about Fresh Prince and maybe what right. she's referring to is and I didn't know this it says that Bel Air so this you know reimagining is inspired by a dramatic parody video from Morgan Cooper that went viral in 2019 and eventually caught the attention of Will Smith mm. uh, in addition to executive producing alongside Brady Newson and Smith 
Cooper is also co-writing and directing. So the guy who made this uh, viral video has actually been now asked to help create this show. I mean, well, that's kind of hmm. cool. Yeah. Hmm. Now, Bel Air will premiere on Peacock in 2022. So there's still some time to see it. It did have me thinking, though, what other 1980s comedies like sitcoms, 30 minute sitcoms, maybe <laughs> would make interesting dramas, I guess. Uh, is, the, is that the question? The, the answer is zero. Oh, zero. OK. <laughs> yes. Do you like watching dramas? I don't know. Not generally. But are, see, I like cop shows. Uh, yeah, mm. some Like Law shows. and Order and stuff like that. But yeah, mm-hmm, I did watch mm-hmm. that. Mm hmm. If it's a drama where hmm. they're just like, you know, the one woman's pregnant with that dude's baby and, yeah. and you know, this guy's off somewhere. We don't know where he went. It's like a soap opera. Mm-hmm. So I just, it's so mm-hmm. boring to watch a drama like that. <laughs> so it got me thinking though, like what about, let's say Elf. So you get an alien. I was going to say, what about Elf? Elf? <laughs> it would be very an alien who meets cats. Who's a real, I mean, this guy's a real ass. <laughs> We said this, if you listen to our recent Thanksgiving replay, mm-hmm, Alf mm-hmm. is a horrible character. I loved him as a kid. He's a horrible character. <laughs> the only way Alf would work yeah. is if you made it a real person with just shaggy orange hair. Okay. And they mm. still acted like Alf. Hmm. Eating cats and acting like Eating a cats. <laughs> like like a, a Dahmer. <laughs> Uh, he'd be more of a Dahmer if he was a cat. Like, he was um, a cat. Oh, that's true. That talk that ate other cats. Oh, that's even, that's more hard. Yeah, we got to consider the species here. Yeah. Mm. I think this sounds like a bad idea. No, you got a Facebook user who, I don't know your name, Facebook user, because you didn't go to streamyard.com slash Facebook. It's mm. a good question yep. because 1980 dramas could yep. easily be churned, churned, turned into uh, comedies so, as they should be. Hmm. So, okay. So give me an example here. A drama, a 1980s drama that would make a good comedy. What is it? Law and Order? Hill Street Blues? You get um Police Squad. Right. You would just, right. You'd have like Police Squad then. Yeah. So you could take okay. all of those and turn them into comedies. Huh, that's true. It does go one way, not the other, doesn't it? Huh. Imagine Mork and Mindy without the comedy. Yeah. That's what you'd be getting with like uh, comedy to drama. Mm. It would just be the, the crappy parts of the show that you're like, God. Right. When's he going to say Nanu Nanu again? Yeah. Well, does he sit on his head in the drama version, yeah. dramatic version? Hmm. No, he couldn't. It would be too funny or odd, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, in other 1980s news, <laughs> whatever. What's next? Hey, per Blabbermouth, Def Leppard's Rick Allen once again says fans will get some new music in the quote, not too distant future. Wow. So during a new appearance on the Jeremy White show, Def Leppard drummer Rick Allen spoke about the progress of the songwriting sessions for the band. He said, quote, here's the thing. There's always new music on the go with Def Leppard. It's just whether it makes it to the collection. There's stuff I can't talk about, but in the not too distant future, I'm sure people are going to get to hear new music, end quote. Huh. Okay. I'm, I'm interested. They haven't had a new <laughs> album since 2015. And to be honest with you, I didn't listen to it then. I didn't. I think it's funny that he says there's things he can't talk about. Yeah. You're writing songs and you're going to put them on an album and it's going to come out hmm. soon. So yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the the gist of this? Uh, maybe it's that old thing where, you know, when you're, you're younger and creative and creating things, you think if anybody hears this idea, they're going to steal it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems weird for somebody to go like, we've been doing this really weird new thing. We're yeah. writing songs yeah, and we're going to put them on an album. Yeah. And he even, he specifically says that's what old people do in the article, right. you know. Yep. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, he basically yes, says, yes. if you're old, you still want to release an entire album mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of doing what Drake does to pump up his numbers is just release 15 singles yep. mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. they go all to the charts. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
That's why you see so much dominance on the charts and the all-time list now by rappers. Yeah. Like, shh, mm-hmm. it's about love. Right. <laughs> Maybe that is the secret. What? <laughs> to whisper everything? Maybe they're going to do what the, what the kids are doing. They're going to release all 13 songs as a single. Oh. Maybe. Be the first time they, they've ever Maybe. done it. Yeah, they would learn a lesson. But, you know, when you, you, you're in this article- yeah. Well, a couple. They've learned there's only three good songs on their new album. I'm sure. Well, Joe uh, (laughs) Joe Elliott told the download when he was asked about. uh, He he was pointed out that the fact that they haven't released a new album in six years. He said, "Well, quote the industry being what it is, we're all aware of the fact that there's an element of the media that can't let go of the fact that records aren't that important anymore. Touring is massively important." End quote. So Mm. I don't know what he's saying here that uh, people don't care about records, but this download is asking about records. But maybe he's saying, look, it doesn't really matter. You're focusing on the wrong thing because if we can't tour, it doesn't really matter. But it seems like they think the record is important because they're acting as if they're spoilers. Yeah. You know, he can't talk about it. So right. it's a little and, confusing. And like Ray said, yeah. elsewhere in the article, they talk about how they were asked about this model. Well, can't you just release singles? And they said, well, we, we don't know yet. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. still thinking yeah, the album. Yeah. They're still fighting amongst themselves on whether they're going to release an entire album like they always do. Yeah. Or they're going to drop a couple singles ahead of time. Like, you know, a lot of bands, even Iron Maiden does that now. Mm. They drop the the single before the album came out. Mm. It's pretty pretty common now. Duran Duran did it. Yes. You're right. Yeah, that is common. You're right. There. Look. And then there was that time that band U2 put their whole album on everybody's phone. (laughs) And they forced you to take it. Yeah. And then you had to delete the thing. Yes. (laughs) Do you remember that cat? No, I might not have had a smartphone then. When was oh, okay. that? Okay, it was like it was probably 2010 or. <laughs> oh, I didn't have a smartphone yet. Okay, yeah, they worked out a deal <laughs> with Apple flipping. where they gave the album the Apple, and if Apple would like put it on everyone's playlist, you know, or download, it wow. literally downloaded it to everyone's yeah. phones. Look, I don't remember buying so, this. Yeah, you got up and there it was, and it's like I don't want this. That's and, pretty arrogant. And unfortunately, <laughs> it wasn't great. It wasn't a great. Oh I didn't like no, it. it wasn't even a nice surprise. Would have been a lot better if it was like of like on the level of like thriller. Yeah. Mm. Like this mm. album's so awesome mm. that we want everyone to hear yeah. it. Like th- <laughs> well, they probably thought it was. They maybe did. <laughs> well, somebody said, you know what? It's not that good. Let's give it away for free. <laughs> no one no one's buying this, Bono. You <laughs> understand, right? No one's buying this. This is a bad album. We're just gonna have to hope they just take it for free. And it makes our downloads look like they're high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how they did count that. They're like, look, we have the number one record. I don't remember how they did that. Speaking of touring, of course, Def Leppard is scheduled to be part of the stadium tour with Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts, which is the tour we've been talking about for a while that Ray's been anxiously waiting to see. It got postponed a number of times and now uh, most recently was pushed back to 2022. Yeah, I don't know yep. if I can survive a whole day concert now. It's been so long. That's yeah. <laughs> right. Well, please bring it soon. Ray's getting old. He's getting older. Getting tired. All right, hey, enough about that. That was, right? No? That's good enough. Yeah. Because that was 1980s news. Hey, if you like the show, rate, review, subscribe. Do something, please. (laughs) Most things you can do that help us are free. I know you feel like you don't make a difference in this world. You know, as you vote and you look for sort of the effect you have on maybe how, look, this is going to get political briefly, Ray, but I think you'll stay with me. <laughs> I'll fix it. You'll agree. You'll agree with me. You feel like what you have to say, your opinion, your input on how things are run around this world at work or in the government don't make a difference. Well, they probably don't, but here they do. Ah, All you got to do is support a difference in our, our world. Show, right? Yeah. This is how you can make a difference. Just like this dopey show's Facebook mm-hmm. page. Follow, subscribe. <laughs> Seriously, share it. It's huge. 
<laughs> right. Or yeah. you could hide in the bushes yeah. and when oh. people run by, uh-huh. instead of being like uh, a psychopath and jumping out and beating them to death, oh. you could jump out with your phone yeah. and show them our podcast instead. Yeah. Another killer taken off the streets. Right. Yeah. Helping the community one kid at a time. Give things out. Yep. Let's do this review. All right, cool. So, hey, we all have seen Ghostbusters. <laughs> I've seen it twice. I feel really lucky to have done that, but... Yeah, and I'm grateful for that because the first time I saw it, I don't know if you guys were like this when you saw it, but I was just like, please don't suck. Every moment, please don't suck. Please don't <laughs> suck. Just don't suck. Oh, it's going to suck now, isn't it? Okay, it didn't suck yet. No? I have also watched it twice. Oh, okay, good, you good, You did? Good. Yes. Oh, yeah. man, I'm the only one. Yeah, the first time through, you, you don't see a lot because you're just trying to enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. The second time through is when you are paying attention to things. Now, I was wondering, did you have to try really hard to enjoy the movie? Were you working hard at that? Oh, spoiler free. <laughs> well, if uh, oh. you've heard me in previous episodes, mm. yep. there is something that this movie was that I did not want it to be. So, yeah. Mm. Interesting. Okay, I guess we'll mm-hmm. have to save mm-hmm. that for our spoiler conversation in a minute or two here. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we could say spoiler free though, right? I mean, uh, you know, one of the criticisms I'm seeing, because the reviews are on both sides, surprising to me, but I, I guess... You know, no, I'll cut to the chase here. I enjoyed the film, um, but I was surprised mm-hmm. that there were critics that are mixed. I would think they would have leaned one way or another, but they were kind of split with the mm-hmm. folks that were you know, the detractors saying too much fan service and not enough sort of substance, which I don't agree with this idea of fan service. Bad, bad mm-hmm. fan service is solo, like Ray and I have talked. Oh, yeah. If you're answering a question that nobody was wondering, like how Han <laughs> right. Solo got his last name, or his gun, <laughs> or his dice that hang in the, or why he calls Chewbacca Chewy. Yeah, and these are all or, real or, examples in Solo, yeah. or even how they met. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Right. I didn't mind that movie. So. Or, but in Afterlife, I didn't feel that way. The stuff that was in there—if you were a fan, you noticed it. If you weren't, mm-hmm. a, you weren't a fan. You didn't notice it. The stuff that was in there from the other films that was important, because. Jason Reitman set out to direct a movie that you that could stand on its own. If it was the first mm-hmm. Ghostbuster you'd ever seen, you'd be fine. And, and that's why you needed a lot of it. So I don't get that criticism at all. And that's based, that's the most criticism I've seen. Yeah, I would say they did a good job with the fan service. Yep. They really did. Mm-hmm. I have no complaint about how they worked in the other movies. Yeah. I, th- I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to look at it as a standalone movie. Yeah. But- I agree. You know, I wasn't looking through those lenses, but thinking back, yeah, it stands alone. Of course, if you're a fan of the first movie, and they, they say it's a continuation of the first two, really the first is the most directive sort of connective tissue. Yeah. If you're a fan yeah. of the first movie, oh my gosh, I think you love it even more. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, mm-hmm. you know, my whole family, we watched it right before we saw the second one. And my youngest had seen it once or twice before, but I knew it would be fresh on her mind. And there were so many times throughout the show that she whispered, I'm so glad we just watched the first one <laughs> because she'd recognize, oh, that's the thing. And, and again, it's not fan service. Like, oh, there's the Ecto. No, it was more right. important sort of things that she's like, oh, I understand this now. And a mm-hmm. level that, you know, mm-hmm. even, makes it even better. Absolutely. It had been a long time since I had, well, I had seen it multiple times in the yep. 80s, but it had been a while since I'd watched it. And so we watched it recently just to kind of have it fresh. And I was glad <laughs> that I had just seen it again because I probably would have missed something. Oh, even for yourself. Yeah. 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 So I guess yep. just, yeah, since we're talking no spoilers right now, for folks who don't know, the film follows a mother played by Carrie Coon and her two kids played by McKenna Grace and Finn Wolfhard, Finn Wolfhard of Stranger Things fame. 
Um, they moved to Oklahoma, where oh, Oklahoma, you can hear my Jersey City come out every now and then, where the kids <laughs> discovered their grandfather's past with the original Ghostbusters team. And if you've seen any of the trailers, you know that in addition to those performers, it also stars Paul Rudd. And hmm, I should leave it at that, right? I, I'll leave it at that. There, if you've watched enough trailers, you know a little <laughs> bit more as far as who's in it, but maybe I'll save that so you can be thoroughly surprised. So as of now on domestic uh, uh, box office mojo, domestic gross is 87 million, roughly international 28 million for a worldwide total of mm-hmm. hundred and almost $116 million. Wow. That's huge. And, and yeah, I know yeah. we, we talked about this last week. I believe that the initial numbers were already exceeded what their expectations were. Um, but for the mm-hmm. most part, this was, I believe this was a, you know, a low budget film, uh, sort of how they approached it and has that sort of vibe. Um, I guess more stuff produced by Ivan Reitman, the original producer and director directed by Jason Reitman, his son. So it's got that family connection, just like the story where there's his sort of legacy. Uh, it was written by Jason Reitman and Gil Kennan, who, who most interestingly to me also wrote the 2015 Poltergeist reboot, which mm. I think is interesting. He worked on these two. Ghost yeah. I think that's part of the problem with this movie. Uh-oh, right here, here we go. Uh-oh, we're figuring this out. Because <laughs> after this time, I watched it the second time, yep. I went right to the wiki page to find yep. out who wrote this thing. Because oh. there is some pretty bad dialogue oh. in this hmm? movie. Hmm. Some clunky conversations these people have that don't make any sense. Huh. Okay. I uh, don't hmm. what comes to mind offhand to me. But um, I guess we'd have to wait for spoilers for that. Uh, yeah, wait. I don't want to give any okay. more away than that. Let's talk about the okay. vibe of it. Jason Reitman said that the way the story came to me, first imagined, you know, the star of the film, this 12-year-old girl, standing in a field with a proton pack. And it was only later that he figured out her family connection, I'll say. And then that's when the sort of the story sort of, you know, started coming to life. When he pitched it to his dad and his dad got excited about it, it finally became a movie he wanted to tell. I won't say mm-hmm. any more than that until we talk about spoilers. But as far as the feeling of the film, he said he wanted something that was not just echoed, echoing Ghostbusters, but that was the look of the films we grew up with, specifically the Amblin films like uh, E.T., Gremlins, mm-hmm. Back to the Future. That there's, He said, quote, there's a warmth that makes you feel like you lived them, even if you hadn't, mm-hmm. end quote. Mm-hmm. And I think in that sense, he was uh, effective because it did feel like a older film, right? What do you mm-hmm. think? I didn't get that vibe. No. No. Okay. no. To me, this felt like the newer version of what they make kids' movies out to be. Okay. That's, remember, this is way long time ago. I said, I don't want this to be a kids' movie. Huh. And man, it's a kids' movie. Okay. This hmm. is right up there between, I'd say, ages 9 and 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And it's just, okay, if I was 12 or 10 or 11, I think I would have liked this a lot more. Hmm. You know, I, I disagree because I agree with you how you characterize the film. I, I agree entirely, but I, that's why I liked it because I loved the Goonies when I was a kid and I love it now. Those films where the kids were, and again, I don't, this isn't a spoiler, I don't think, because in any summer you're going to see this, the kids are the prim, primary pro, right. protagonists of the right. story. Yeah. That like, like this show, you know, I still enjoy stuff from the 1980s and this was kind of a a way of reliving those feelings of those films when I first saw them when I was a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And not necessarily the original mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. I had a different vibe when I saw that. Yeah, and that was my big beef with this. This is as yeah. if The Goonies mm-hmm. was the third part of, let's say, Die Hard. Mm. 
you're taking a movie meant for adults that yep. could be enjoyed by kids too, but there's a lot of adult content in the original Ghostbusters. Okay. And now you've turned it into a children's franchise is basically what they're going to do, which mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah. I just hope this, this Gil guy doesn't come back for anything else. I don't like what he wrote this thing. <laughs> well, and I want to okay. blame him necessarily because Reitman was the co-writer and he was the one that drove the story of what happened. Although he did say they've sort of bounced back and forth ideas and to create it together. But, um, Mm-hmm. But what he what 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 Reitman said he wants the future of the film to be is, and he said he credits the Paul Feig film with showing how you could have a uh, Ghostbusters could be different sort of styles and still be quote Ghostbusters. What he said was he wants the future of Ghostbusters to be different directors taking the helm, different writers, and addressing how ghosts are uh, sort of. He said different cultures have different lore around ghosts. He said, let's see those stories. Let's see another set in a different country or a different culture, different mm-hmm. set of Ghostbusters and, you know, have these other different people. Tell. So you may get very different takes on Ghostbusters. One's a kid's one, one's more horror, one's, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> well, you know, Ray, I don't like the second Ghostbusters because of what you said. They, it seemed like they made it now. How do we get products out of this? How do we get kids, more kids in? It became more friendly. This could be a toy we can sell. Well, mm-hmm. once again, mm-hmm. and Bill Murray was not a fan of that movie. Yeah. I don't know that any of them were really, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And his problem was, is the taming down of it to be yeah. not as funny. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed that. I had never seen that and I watched it recently. I, I love I was, Ghostbusters too. Okay. I yeah. think it's a great movie. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. My order of films would be Ghostbusters one. And maybe I think this one next, I think. They're just such For a nice me, companion piece together, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't dislike this movie. I had a lot of fun watching it. It's just, yeah, it's not what I wanted from a Ghostbusters sequel. Right. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So uh, let's just say whether we'd recommend you see it, and then we'll move on to spoilers. I recommend folks see it if you're a fan of any. Actually, if you if you're a fan of film, see it. You don't even have to be a fan of the first Ghostbusters. I don't think. Right. But yeah. you hear what, what Ray said about it. kids are sort of the you know the main characters. If you if you like that sort of thing, then. And you like Goonies and you'll you'll love it. Right. I Mm -hmm. highly recommend if you have kids, this is a great movie to take them to see because Mm -hmm. as I've also pointed out many times is there's not many movies that are directly pointed at the 10 to 14, 15 year olds. Mm -hmm. They're kind of a lost in the shuffle age group. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a great movie for that bunch. You know, they don't have Harry Potter to go see no more. So... Mm. (laughs) I think this fills the void. Yep. <laughs> the vacuum, like Jabba the Hutt's death. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I definitely recommend it. I loved it. Not, and it, you don't even have to be a Ghostbusters fan, I don't think. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. We had a lot of fun watching it. All right. So cool. Um, this is your warning. <laughs> We're entering the yep. spoiler zone. There's the warning. If you haven't seen it, and you don't want to be spoiled or have any aspect of it spoiled. And there's a lot of cool stuff that would, you'd want to just see and experience, right? You don't want to know it and then see it. You want to just see it and be like, oh, that is so cool. Here's your warning. Get out now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Flee. Flee faster than the Ghostbusters from the New York Public Library. <laughs> Faster than the Ecto-1. <laughs> right. Flee faster than the Ecto-1 leaving yeah. the firehouse for the first time. That's right. They sped up the film or something. You could tell it looks kind of weird. First movie. Yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. Spoilers. All right. So look, we talked about the general sort of stuff. You know, I guess uh, like in no particular order, right? So talking about the vibe, because we were just talking about it. 
I think one thing that lent to that idea that it was an older film is you notice there weren't any cell phones, right? I don't think anybody used a cell phone. Mm. So that couldn't be a plot device where I could just call mom or call the police or call somebody. Nope, Mm -hmm. couldn't do that. The cars in this town were all old cars. The town itself was like a town that time forgot. I think that all that helped. And I'm sure it was, you know, the the designers were conscious of this idea that making it feel like an 80s film, hey, we got to- only rely on the look and technology of the 1980s. And they, for the most part, did. I thought that was mm-hmm. cool. All right, I don't know. Should we talk about spoilers and Easter eggs? Or should we talk about plot points? Uh, this is the thing, like I was saying earlier, off, off air, I think. I struggle with it. If you let me do it, I'm just going to be like, all right, the this first is, scene yeah. is- This is where he starts in the opening scene and we go through the whole movie for the next 18 like, hours. Okay. Let me do my, uh, my mini rant here about the dialogue. Yep. Okay. Get the mini man out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the dialogue is just bad. Okay. Like when he when she meets a uh, podcast, which is mm. another thing I want to about is oh. these kids' names. <laughs> oh, podcast, no. Lucky. You know, come on. That's the best you can come up with for this movie? This is oh. Ghostbusters. So uh, well, what, what would their names be? Like George and how, Marion? How about, I mean, yeah, why not? Is anyone named Marion anywhere, by the way? George. She could have been the first uh, one. But do we really have to Samantha? have a character named Podcast? Come on. I thought I, it was hilarious because we I have a podcast. It. Yes. Everyone has a podcast. Though. Well, that's why. Yeah, I think that's why it's funny. It's just like, why do you call yourself Podcast? He's like, because I have a podcast. Because I have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just the, the conversation when he first meets Phoebe. Uh, oh, your grandfather died. And the conversation between them was not natural. It wasn't normal. Huh. That's not how you talk about somebody's grandfather dying when you're a kid. Hmm. Like it was very like disjointed and like, and now they're friends. Like if you were talking about your grandfather and they were like, yep. did he die under mysterious circumstances? You'd be like, F- get out of my face. Oh my gosh. We're learning so much oh. about Ray and not about Ghostbusters afterlife. Wait, right maybe you <laughs> No, seriously, if you just moved to a new town yep. and you told some other kid, yeah, I'm here because my grandfather died. Yeah. And the first thing they say to you is, is, well, was it under mysterious circumstances? And they kept going down that path. You'd be like, this, what's wrong with this kid? But I think it helps establish both of them as quirky. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's not quirky. That's bad writing. She was weird. You could, you could write that a lot better. That was, that's <laughs> one of the reasons I looked up this Gil dude. He yeah. ain't wrote nothing worth a crap. But also, Ray, about that scene, we established the fact that she didn't care about her grandfather because she didn't know who he was. So how is she going to get offended about a guy who's a total stranger? So 35 minutes later, now all of a sudden, he's the greatest man that ever lived. Mm. How are you going to pull that swing? That's what I hate about movies like this is the lazy writing where in the beginning, they're like, screw this guy, what a piece of trash. And then by the end, they're like, my God, he was the greatest man to ever live. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hug a ghost. Of the man I just called an asshole. Spoiler alert. Yeah. 10 minutes ago. But, but they had just gone through a lot of stuff. Say it. People don't not, swing that violently in real life. Well, when you've gone through what they went through, you would. You know what? Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm, Kat, I'm wondering if we have to say, look, these are all opinions. We're going to have to let each yeah. other have opinions because you know what? We could spend an hour or just arguing with Ray <laughs> about how he's you wrong. Could. How his opinion's wrong. Hey, okay. What about <laughs> the teacher bringing the kids home and just walking into their house? Yeah. What would your parents have said to the teacher who just walked into the house? Oh my God. I feel like we have to just have a conversation would Your dad would have took him to the ground. Well, he did say he was interested <laughs> in, you know, seeing the old house. 
But mm-hmm. I mean, there's got to be, I don't know. Like, yeah, there's I'm a lot to argue with you. Okay. There, that there's was your no, there's just again. a, uh, okay. Uh, they go to the fast food place <laughs> yeah. and while they're ordering food, he has time to get out of the car, meet a girl, apply for a job, yeah. hit on her, come back out, get made fun of by the employees who are now outside yeah. sitting on a truck. Yeah, that was, and they sh- just now confusing. got their food and he's only 15 and he gets a job with no identification whatsoever. That's lazy writing. <laughs> The next scene we see is him working there. I mean, come on. I love the things you've glommed onto. Is that the the things you've latched onto as the the problem of the film? I'm not saying they're just for to write Ghostbusters. You got to be better than that. This isn't, you know, Uh, hatchet three. Come on, dude. If you, if you go through the original Ghostbusters, which I just watched, I told you like 24 hours ago, it's a comedy. So many things you'd be like, come on, really? This is Peter Venkman has though. a PhD in anything at all. Yeah. The dude, he says he's never studied. He went to, he graduated from Columbia University. <laughs> Come on, there's a lot. Of, oh, I forgot to tell you, right? Too also, they fight ghosts. Mm-hmm. So if you don't at some point go, this is lazy writing. There's okay. ghosts in this you movie. Want la- there's you no want real lazy ghosts, writing. You know? Here, okay. They're looking down <laughs> yeah. the well. Uh-huh. Yeah. The mine shaft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They see fire and brimstone yeah. and something. Mm-hmm. Fireballish, he comes flying out. Yeah. Right. And they all laugh. No one's concerned. Yeah. They oh, laugh about it and go home. You know what's so funny you say that? Because like I said to you the other day, I imagine you as a 14, 15 year old kid now, you at that mine hanging out. Cause you know, there's that yeah. place where we live that you said you hang out. <laughs> if some kind of crazy thing happened, I was thinking, I was thinking this when I watched this, this would be <laughs> me. I'd be like, I'm out of here. And I would get the hell out of there. And Ray would be like, this is hilarious, isn't it? You totally would be that guy. You would not think it was a problem. You'd have us going down into that mine five seconds later to see what happened. Not when you think fire's shooting out of it, I wouldn't. You ate a chocolate bar off of a bridge. I mean, come on. If it was on fire, I wouldn't have ate it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what else you want? You want want to see the... Okay, they put on the, the Ghostbuster yep. suits, and amazingly, they're all child-sized. Well, that was, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of willing suspense Come on, man. you know. I'm not willing to do that for them. You're focusing <laughs> on weird things, considering this movie is about supernatural crazy nonsense. Well, it's just a lot of the dialogue bothered me. Right, it was clunky. So. Again, I'm arguing with my opinion. I, I didn't, I didn't like the mom. I hated the actress who played the mom. Uh-huh. I thought her character was just not well-written. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's a good actress. I don't she know. She's never yeah. she's never been in anything I've watched. I've seen her in a couple of things. She's really yeah, well. good. Bart says, uh, Ray, you need to sit back and enjoy the movie and don't think mm-hmm. too much. I did the first time. Oh, he liked it the first time. Shouldn't Bart. have gone back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so Ray, speaking of your gripes then, I, I remember there was a concern about uh, the, the, um, the film based on the trailer we saw with the little, little puff, say puff guys who I still don't understand why they were there except... It was like, res- yeah. the, the, they said Gozer recognized them. So maybe the, the Stay Puft Marshmallow guys are there because Gozer remembered. And so, I, I don't know. But we, we saw that trailer and we're like, all right, is this going to be silly? Is this movie going to be too silly? Because he said he wanted it to be scary. Well, it was neither funny nor scary. Mm-hmm. So so that's what made it bad then maybe. It's a, it, no, it's an adventure movie. It's not well, either one of those things. Yeah. Well, I did, I did, I told you I was going to do this last time. I did pull some stuff we said on the, uh, mostly it's all things you said. And this wasn't to call you out. It's just that you, you're, this is, it won't surprise you. You're the only one who would like stake. This is how I feel about this, or this is what's yeah. going to happen. 
So with mm-hmm. regard to the movie, uh, uh, several episodes ago, you, you, we were talking about, uh, again, whether the trailer made the film like seem it was going to be too silly and not scary enough and whether that uh, would, would uh, sway your opinion about it. So. Like he said this was going to be scary. Right. And this was not scary. But once again, it, you know, yeah. it's got Paul Rudd. So I'm all in on the Paul Rudd thing. You know, I love Paul Rudd. Yep. So it wasn't scary, but it was <laughs> fun. <laughs> and I stand by that statement. Paul Rudd was really good in this. Yeah. So he was the only funny thing for you? Yes. I, I, okay. I don't think any of the other characters were carrying their weight oh, with yeah. the funny. Yeah, I told my wife I was going to write stuff on an envelope and seal it so Ray can know that I predicted his thing. And she said, don't do that. That seems mean. Because I told her what I was going to write. She said, you guys are either like best friends on the show or like you seem like your frenemies. And I said, what a best friend would be able to know what his buddy was going to say, right? That's a best friend yeah. thing. I'm not trying to start a fight. No, uh, it's not a fight. So far, I'm Who's fighting? everything he said. It but, was going to be too fighting? many kids. I could tell you. Nobody's fighting. Too, many, too much about the kids. Not enough yeah. time with the original Ghostbusters. Not enough Absolutely. Paul Rudd. Didn't like Absolutely. the mother. Oh, everything. Absolutely. So oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it turns out, and we're talking about Bill Murray. You know, as you said, famously, he didn't like uh, Ghostbusters 2. He said when he showed up, the script that they gave him to, to do the scenes was not the script that he agreed to. Oh, so yep. he was upset about that and it became this other film. But also in 2010, I'm trying to find my note, but I think I could wing it here. In 2010, he had pitched an idea saying that he would come back for a third Ghostbusters if he could be a ghost that would oh. come back and somehow help. <laughs> uh, right. And while, while we know that didn't happen, and that was before uh, Harold Ramis passed away, because I think Harold Ramis oh, passed right. away in like 2014, I want mm-hmm. to say. It was in the teens, yeah. Of course, you know, the biggest reveal of the film is ultimately that uh, Harold Ramis is in it, kind of. Mm-hmm. I love how they opened the film with... Um, you think it's Egon? Is this Egon? It's going to be Egon, right? And they never show his face. And this is one of the moments it. where I was like, oh my God, they're about to screw this whole movie up with some <laughs> crappy CGI and I'm going to hate the rest of this movie. And they oh never no. show his face enough to know. Right. right? And I will mm-hmm. say the mm-hmm. second viewing for yeah. that beginning yeah. is very, very, very better. Yeah. Much better mm-hmm. because initially, I, I don't even know if I noticed the book stack because I was just kind of watching but um, in that first part, when he drops the, when, after he dies and he, yeah. the thing drops and it's under the couch and it goes off, right. mm-hmm. you, you realize he's a ghost now. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a giveaway. But yeah. the first oh, time I watched it, moment. I didn't even notice it. I yeah. didn't think about that at that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the okay. second time I watched it, I caught that and I'm like, oh, that's actually, that's actually really cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I just thought it was yeah, residual right. from whatever right. got him. Yeah, you, you know, thought it was the yeah. monster that got him, but yeah, that yeah. had already left. Yeah, yeah. When the PK went off. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I did catch that, but and this is going to make me seem maybe even less or, or more dense than the two of you seem at the moment. But <laughs> what I didn't notice was, I thought you know when she's uh, you know again, folks. Tons of spoilers. <laughs> you're warned, right? You've been warned. You're here now still. That yeah. when she starts. Uh, and this is one of the movies, this is one of the gripes I have with the film is she literally in one scene says to podcast, I don't believe in ghosts. And then literally like within one minute, the next scene is she believes in ghosts because right, she's right, playing right. chess with a ghost who then starts leading her around the house. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't seem freaked out about it. In fact, it seems mm-hmm. like they dubbed in a voice of her saying, oh, so this is happening. Now she does explain she doesn't ever react emotionally on the outside. She freaks out on the inside. But right, right. I was, this is the thing I missed. It took me, I didn't realize until they were down in that basement, his secret pacement showing or different stuff that it was, it was Egon's ghost. Oh, right. the whole time I'm like, yeah, oh, this yeah. is a trap. Like I said. This is a trap. Yeah, yeah. 
Like I said, a lot of that, the second go through is when I was yep. catching all those little moments, like the chessboard mm-hmm. and the, you know, leading them around and all that. So, yeah, I didn't pick up on it off the chessboard, but when she went down into uh, his, his study, I realized that it's him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. to close this out, that uh, yeah, ultimately yeah. we do see Egon up here and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. holy right. cow, if you have a heart in you beating it all, <laughs> you feel something. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think for me, you know, you see, first of all, the CGI, the face, uh, what do they call it? Deep fake, whatever they did. Holy, again, I was like, please don't screw really this up. Good. Yeah. So amazing. You'd swear they had Harold Ramis there somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You would have think mm-hmm. he filmed this like yeah. months before his death. Yeah. Yep. I yeah. mean, it's, it's that good. It was great. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And as a result of it looking mm-hmm. so good, it's really super touching to see him there. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, in the context of the film, it's emotional because he's now seeing his grandkids, you know, his grand who helped him, you know, do what he couldn't do. He's mm-hmm. uh, briefly touching base or reuniting with the Ghostbusters who I swear in those moments, and I, I meant to ask Ernie Hudson about this, but we couldn't because it, it would be a spoiler. Mm-hmm. I wonder if for them, and they, there was a stand in there, of course, at that, those moments, but it wasn't, I wonder if for them emotionally, it wasn't their message to Harold Ramis because mm-hmm. they hadn't been in touch as much as they would have liked Mm-hmm. You know, Bill mm-hmm. Murray had a falling yeah. out with Harold Ramis until he they made up on Harold Ramis's uh, deathbed. Yeah. Wow. I, I think maybe the acting part of it, because there is a stand-in, they were probably okay. Yeah. But I think once they saw the finished product, I think that would be a lot harder for them to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing for me that got Good me point. was again emotionally, you know, it's moving, and I haven't lost a parent, so I haven't had that sort of loss in a way that has hit me. I've certainly lost people, but it was, it was different. Um, but what I didn't realize seeing the film was I suddenly, the second time that I didn't realize I needed closure with Harold Ramis Mm. myself that Mm. I I hadn't realized that he was stolen from us because he died of a sickness, you know, an illness. He had this, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. immune, immune disease, uh, the result of some infection he had or something like that. But anyway, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he wrote and directed Caddyshack. He, he directed National Lampoon's Vacation. Wrote and directed Groundhog Day. Uh, wrote and directed Club Paradise. Uh, analyze this, analyze that. Stripes. Stripes, meatballs, Ghostbusters. He he, he wrote Back <laughs> to School. Armed and Dangerous. I yeah. didn't all of those. Too. I mean, wow. so many things he did that we love in the 1980s and, and beyond that it was only at that moment that I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize I, I never got to say goodbye to him either. <laughs> <laughs> so it did get to me. <laughs> See, that's what I love about actors, though. Yeah. Once they pass, we still have all their movies. Yeah. yeah. So we can, it's almost yeah. like going to visit them. Yeah. Like, yeah, Harold mm-hmm. Ramis may not write anything else, but you know what? I haven't seen Stripes in a long time. Let's go hang out with Harold and Bill and yeah. all that. So <laughs> I, I was surprised that some critics were saying that it, it, it was in poor taste to do it, to have him there. Um, but I did read that hmm. Reitman said, Early on, he shared drafts with uh, Ramus's widow and, and Ramus's mm-hmm. daughter, with whom Reitman grew up on the set of mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. They've known each other since they were little kids. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they both were like, this is amazing. It's touching. Great. Do it. So how could it be in poor taste, I guess? if uh, And it wasn't opinion, like they had him doing something weird, like selling a beer or you know something. <laughs> Even that, though. Um, if, if Aykroyd, Murray, Ernie... The Reitmans, yeah. if they're on board with this and thought it was okay, then obviously it would have been okay with, with Ramus. Yep. That's my I would think so it. too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. They would know better. Yeah. yeah. So what, what did you want to say, Kat? I'm sorry for interrupting you earlier. No, you didn't interrupt me. I, I didn't realize you. Yeah. You, I forgot you were wrapping up. Um, 
Well, I took some notes, <laughs> which I don't know yeah. how good they are, but uh, I actually didn't. It's like, I don't know where to start with I, how much I liked this movie. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and um, there's kind of nothing that I didn't enjoy about it. I, I can't think of anything that, that I was unhappy with. Um, of course, there were a couple of moments where I was like, mm, you know, just yeah. suspension of reality. But the whole thing is a suspension of reality. You so. don't say. Huh. <laughs> Not really, but yeah, most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we laughed a lot. So I, I do feel like it was a comedy. And of course, there was also plenty of action. It held my interest. And I, I felt it felt very balanced to me. It felt like, for me, the action yeah. and the comedy, they were they were both there. The um, events with adults and the kids. And I wrote this before hearing Ray's little <laughs> 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 diatribe. Um, it, it felt balanced to me. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was doing more one than the other. Yeah. Um, and, and the old stuff, the references to the, you know, mm-hmm. to the original and new, new material. Like, yeah, I, I felt like that was also balanced. I like that they uh, left it open at oh, the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. I like that part. And um, it, Will and I chatted a little bit about the movie previously. And Will, you said you identified with podcast. And that got me thinking like, huh, well, who did I identify oh. with? And I, <laughs> I made some notes here. <laughs> and I'm guessing, of course, you can say for yourself, Will, um, we, yeah, with, with podcast, I imagine like, oh, yeah, Will interviewing people geeking out over technology. Yeah. Trying to make a story um, out of something. Like, what's the narrative in this? Exactly. Walks yeah, being into the like, house, he's like, I'm setting the mood. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And being like unassuming, just mm. kind of, you know. And um, the hair. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> the hair. And then I thought, well, well who would Ray be oh, in yeah. the movie? And I landed on Trevor mm. because Trevor's like, whoa, a car. I got to make it work. And I'm going to drive it without a license. Mm. <laughs> and I'm going to do donuts in the cornfield. I, I, know, I know who Ray is. He's not Trevor. I would have been the cook at the diner. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> He's definitely the cook at the diner. Either one. Either the one spinning up the meat or the other dude. You're like, oh, yeah, she's going to like yeah. that guy. Good job on that. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Plus, he's been a cook before. He's worked in kitchens before. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> well, I was trying to give you a bigger role in the movie. That's right, right. But okay. But yeah, also- the, uh, the, uh, the funny thing is, though, the, the character of podcast is yeah. kind of similar to Aykroyd's character. Right. Yep. And the kind of the way he- well. It's yeah. into all that stuff. It's just a modernized version yeah. of it, which yeah. I like that part of the yeah. character. Okay. Yeah. I, lo- yeah. I love that ending when he's like, you're my subscriber. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that, was, <laughs> that was awesome. Oh my God. That and that's a, amazing. See, and that's a perfect example of clever writing. Yeah. When Aykroyd's interacting with him, yeah. that's a really funny thing because the two of them are playing off each other yeah. and it's really funny. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is a really funny part of the movie. Yeah. Well, that leads me to my last thing. Yeah. My last thing. Um, I, I was thinking, well, I don't know if there's any one character that I identified with, but um, there is one in particular because of what she was wearing. Okay. Not <laughs> Phoebe? Gonna sh- yeah, Phoebe. Oh, okay, Phoebe. Yeah. Well, I'm going to show you something though. Okay, so I have, yeah, I, I have this. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's pretty close. Now this is yes. uh, 1979, uh, right. <laughs> I believe it was. And, you know, there I am with my overall. In a barn or something. It looked like a barn. And, uh, but look at, look at what I'm wearing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's Phoebe. That's That's legit. Phoebe. 
You got the glasses on. You got the short hair. Yep. Yep. Holy cow. (laughs) That's awesome. But outside of that, here, I'll I'll take that away. Um, Okay. (laughs) Outside of that, I thought, well, you guys might disagree, but I think I'm a pretty good problem solver. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Phoebe thinks, you know, Phoebe's kind of all about that. And also, um, there's something about her stepping up to the plate, you know, like these things are happening and, yeah. and she's just doing it. And I feel like, yeah, that's something I think I'm pretty good at, you know, the, whatever's coming at me, just I'm like, okay, yeah. I just got to figure this out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So there you go. I agree. Very cool. And you brought up the ending mm-hmm. and yeah, we, we should definitely talk about this. So there's a couple of uh, post-credit scenes. We already mentioned the one Sigourney Weaver pops up and it's pretty funny just for comedic yes. purposes. And also it seems <laughs> like to sort of, you know, maybe there's been some criticism of Bill Murray's character in Ghostbusters, how, you know, misogynistic he is. <laughs> we spoke with somebody about this who actually said, no, she loves Ghostbusters. She doesn't care. Who was it? Uh, oh, 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 um, um, I think it was Hadley, Hadley Freeman who wrote Life Moves Pretty Fast, okay. where she did, uh, it's basically stuff she learned from 1980s films. And uh, yes, yes. surprisingly, in spite of these misogynistic criticisms, no, she says, no, that's not true. No, no, no. I think she says Peter Venkman is like her ultimate man, you know? But anyway, so some of that Sir Granny Weaver seemed to be set right, like, you know, now switch the mm-hmm. roles and you know, yeah, yeah, show him it's yeah. wrong. He says, I know it was wrong or whatever. But the other, mm-hmm. the bigger ending is the very, it comes at the very end after all the credits where we see uh, mm-hmm. Ernie Hudson's uh, Winston character. Well, we see Janine meeting with uh, Ernie and they have a conversation. And as they're talking, we see him visiting the old firehouse, which still, which I didn't get this. So is when Ray says it's a Starbucks, he's joking yeah. maybe because it's not I a Starbucks. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they just flubbed that one. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. So, so he's in the, Winston's in the old firehouse. He mm-hmm. drove the, he's got Ecto one there now. And he says, don't worry, we're going to get you, you know, back in shape. He talks about how he's, you know, been fortunate enough to make all this money since the Ghostbusters ended, but he's still primarily a Ghostbuster. So it seems like they're setting up, uh, you know, a future for the Ghostbusters. Um, when asked about this, uh, Ernie Hudson said, uh, quote, uh, regarding Winston's role in future things. He said, quote, he certainly seems to be a part of it. He understands the Ghostbusters then better than anyone. He's almost like Sam Jackson's character in the Marvel universe. Whatever comes of it, I'd love to see Winston connected to it, end quote. So Nice. And of course, yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, this is exactly what uh, I hope happens. Yeah. Okay. It's basically S.H.I.E.L.D. It's Charlie's Angels. Yeah. That's what, that's what I huh. want to see happen here. But then who do you want to be the Ghostbusters, right? Not necessarily these kids. Uh, I would stick with the kids. Oh. Because oh, I, I enjoyed the kids in this movie. You just didn't like the tone of it, that it was more of kids' adventure, not uh, what was I think sci-fi moving, fantasy or something? Comedy. I, mm-hmm. I think moving forward as a franchise, yeah. it was necessary to bring in the kids. I just wanted more of the old Ghostbusters mm-hmm. to make that transition. Mm-hmm. But now that we're moving forward, yeah. I'm perfectly content if- Hudson's character is the money backer yeah. and we, the kids now he's old enough to actually drive the Ecto right. and they take <laughs> over and do the actual ghost busting as a part of the, right. The movies moving forward. Right. right, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. I just want to say yeah. now for those of you who have seen the movie, yeah. now you'll know why I said Ernie had sex appeal. If you listened to our previous <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah. But even Ernie didn't remember that. I don't think. But what oh, I, I think yeah. he did. I think he got it. <laughs> I'm sure he gets that all the time, though. Yeah. <laughs> and not that he doesn't, but I was, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, there's tons of Easter eggs in it. Look, we could go through a ton of them, but uh, there's also tons of videos online you can just find and articles about all the cool sort of hidden things in films. I, I most enjoyed sort of the the uh, musical ones. I loved hearing those cues again. I loved seeing shots yes. that were like, oh, that's the mm-hmm. same shot when the ecto mm-hmm. pulls out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff that you wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily notice unless you're <laughs> yeah. a big fan. Yeah, when, that, when they pulled out of the... Um, the cop shop there mm-hmm. with the ecto. I, I wanted so badly to hear the Ghostbusters song. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's, that's what that reminded me of. Yeah. And I was denied. Yeah. I had to wait oh, till the end of the movie. That's, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, that's all right. There's, Oh, you know what? So there's some questions that came up. I, I don't know, but whatever. So this episode will be long. Um, <laughs> who was Callie's mother? They never I- mentioned her. I, I didn't get any hint of that, of who, who that might've been. Yeah. They also don't tell you who she's married to, what her actual name is. They right. give you no background on the adults. Poor writing, right? Just poor writing. Poor, that is poor writing. How hard would it have been to just give the guy a name? But why, but why, whatever. You know what? I had this conversation it's with somebody. Two seconds, it's two seconds out of their time. Can they just say his name's Dan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yes. How hard I, would that have been? I acknowledge your opinion and respect it. No, you um, don't. But that's fine. Asked about uh, Carrie Coon was asked about this, and she said, "You know, Jason and I didn't get into the weeds, so that's considered weeds, right? About mm-hmm. the backstory. I'm the kind of actor who trusts what's on the page. Everything you need to know about the characters there in front of you. But it's it's a great fun detail for fans to speculate about. And they also asked uh, Gil Kennan, who's Ray's favorite author, right? Our screenwriter right yes. now, is Janine Callie's mother? Which I don't get that even no. that theory because." Unless, Absolutely not. Unless Egon took her eggs and made like, Callie's a test tube baby and Gene yeah. doesn't know it. I don't know. But he, Should have been, but. And maybe it'll come out. He made her in a lab. But the, the, uh, she was raised by somebody who she thought was her mother, of course. Right. Um, but Gil Kennan said, quote, oh, I'm not going to answer that. We're not fleshing out that part part of the story right now. So, mm. uh, so we get the, we'll get it in the Guardians of the Galaxy part two thing where. Yeah. It's like where Kurt Russell shows up out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like, come on. <laughs> um, let's see. Do we, do we try to squeeze this in here? I guess uh, I have two other clips from prior shows. Um, this mm. is when. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we were talking about whether Rick, Rick Moranis might be in this uh, episode, our show mm. rather, we were talking about how the film has been had been delayed because of the pandemic, they were delaying the film because they wanted to get it into a movie mm-hmm. theater unlike Bill and Ted, which just went digital. I, I understand that you don't want to disappoint people. You want it to be in the theater because I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a Rick Moranis scene in there. Oh, even wait, if it's wait, in the post credits. Why, why do you say that? I just got a good feeling about mm, it. Interesting. My sources tell me <laughs> that in the director's cut, There will be Rick Moranis. Yes. I I didn't play the part where Ray was like, this is a rumor. Take it with a grain of salt. Right. And now I'm going to make a definitive statement though. Um, And have another clip of you, Ray, but I'm going to set it up this way. I'm going to ask you. Because I asked you, this is is your answer to this question I asked you a few months ago. Because we were speculating based on the trailer that we saw. Is it problematic or is is it bad filmmaking, et cetera? Do we not like it if... The, the climax of this film is them fighting the same villain that they fought the first film. Hmm. How did you feel about that? Because for folks who know, Gozer shows up again. Uh, I don't remember what I said. Well, how do you feel about it honestly? And then I'll play you what you said and we'll see if they match. Oh, I, I don't care. <laughs> you don't care that I they think, did that? No, I thought it was fine. Oh, good. Okay. It was fine? Okay. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's okay because... 
I think this story's changed enough where if the kids are actually the main heroes of this movie, yep. then it's okay for them to try and fight it. Because mm-hmm. it's it's not the Ghostbusters taking it on again. Right. Oh, Cat was in that clip too. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> a newer that's one. That's how recent it was, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they did it differently enough right. that that didn't bother me either. Mm-hmm. Hey, John Reddick's here. Hey, there's John. Yeah. See, John yeah. says, uh, oh, this was with regard to fighting Gozer again, I guess. No problem. Gozer was a pushover in Ghostbusters. One, Stay Puff was the biggest bad there. Huh. <laughs> in the afterlife, we have now, supposedly, finally eliminated Gozer. I saw it as a round two of the Gozer fight, not a repeat. Yeah, that's mm. true. Yeah, it was distinct yeah. in, in enough ways, including that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. they kind of, because of the dates on the wall and stuff, yep. they, they mm-hmm. kind of made that apparent that uh, there was some way or shape or form that he was involved in all that stuff. So, yep. All right. Mm-hmm. I guess that's it. Um, hey, don't forget to, uh, what? Uh, check us out on December 4th. We're going to be speaking with D Wallace live on Facebook. We'll be taking your questions from the audience and comments too. You don't have to have a question. You may just say, hi, D. I loved you in ET. I loved you in uh, <laughs> the howling. Uh, hmm? Wasn't she in Cujo? She was in Cujo also. She's in Cujo. She made more horror, horror movies maybe than she made family movies in the 80s, I think. Cujo's a family <laughs> movie. That's true. It's not even supernatural, right? The dog is just rabbits. Yeah, it has rabies. Yeah. So that's a good movie when your kids want a pet. Yeah. You sit down for movie night and show them Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, our show would not be what it is, but for the support of our many wonderful supporters, including and especially uh, those who support us via Patreon, including John Henderson, Craig Coletta, Bart Arnold, John Kaminsky, and John Reddick. And if you go to patreon.com slash 1980s now, you can join them and we can do more episodes just like this or different. (laughs) (laughs) He's only seeing it because Ray gave her a hard time. I don't even know why. (laughs) Hey, we will talk to you next time on 1980s now. See ya. Later.